You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. For everything Buccaneers, it, 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 it's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mysell. What's going on, football fans? Welcome to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, an Odyssey original podcast that brings you all Tampa Bay Bucks and insight and entertainment. Excuse me, guys, three times a week. That's right, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday typically, but stick with us as our holiday schedule throws some different days out there for you guys. So in order to stay with us in this holiday routine and schedule, be sure to conveniently download that Odyssey app. Search Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, hit that auto download button so that you always have brand new episodes just sitting there waiting for you so that you can stay on top of all insight and entertainment of your favorite team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Also, guys, you can stream Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns on any of your favorite streaming platforms. Share it with friends, share it with family, share it with other football fans. I promise you won't regret it because whether the Bucs are having a great season or not, there's still so much to talk about. And with that, guys, I am Casey Hudson, joined by my lovely co-host, Kaylee Mizell, and we are going to bring you that entertainment, that news, that conversation that the Bucs just deliver for us every single week. Maybe a little bit of comedy thrown in there too. I feel like that there's love, been some comedic comedic things going on. Well, Casey, I have to start by by actually saying that to you, to our producer, and to the fans listening, I just have to be honest. I just have to say I'm sorry because I've like this is a preemptive. I'm sorry because <laughs> I don't feel good. I have RSV and like an ear infection. So I'm not doing well. Um, I'm a little bit persnickety, you know, like I'm feeling <laughs> a little salty because I'm not feeling well. And, you know, some things are not going well with this team that we're right. going to talk about today. So it's I'm just going to be sick and to have to talk about what we're about to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to give a little bit of a preemptive. I'm sorry, because <laughs> if I rub you the wrong way today. You know what? It's probably going to happen. Yeah. It's salt. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, you know what? I have salt in my wounds, and that salt is spreading. <laughs> I'm a little salty today. So buckle up, Buttercup. In the season We're, of giving, Kaylee's going yeah. to deliver salt to I'm giving salt. Today. <laughs> no coal over here. We're, we're, just, we're just giving salt. Get your it's steaks ready. There Bring you your go. tortilla chips unsalted because, <laughs> man, I've got enough to share. Because <laughs> you've got enough. Well, at least at least you gave us that that context. I'm at least the morning is there, and it's I'm not. Saying, and I'm being truthful. That's that's so graceful of you to let us know ahead of time so that nobody's taking anything too offensively. Because there's somebody else that has that uh that that leadership mentality um, yeah. that likes to that likes to give a heads up as to what's potentially down the line, what you may or may yeah. not be feeling or hearing. 
And that's Tom Brady, guys. We're going to get into some fun, a fun list of team news, but we've got to start with the Let's Go podcast because oh, so you, you, if you don't listen to the Let's Go podcast. Before we get too far down that line, Casey, I know we talked about this ahead of time. And and before we get too deep into it, because there's some funny things we're going to talk about with the Let's Go podcast yes. and stuff. But we, we do first have to start this podcast by just like, acknowledging the news that that has just shocked the 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 world today mm -hmm. the college football world the the football world as a whole and that's the passing of mike leach um he gosh he delivered some of the greatest quotes in in college football to date like yeah. he was an excellent coach his players loved him he was a he, he was a great family man you know um and you know there's just nobody like him um, so just have to acknowledge his passing and of course, give, give, you know, love and prayers to his family, to everyone over, you know, at, at Mississippi state and, and just, you know, the sec, the football community community as a whole, like th this is something that clearly was super unexpected and, um, shocking in a lot of ways to so many people. Um, it, it, I mean, I, to me this morning shocked. Mm -hmm. So, um, of course, you know, just, just want to give condolences to his family and to everyone impacted by his death. Um, you know, current players, past players, he was, a, he, he truly was a great football mind. And like I said before, he delivered the best quotes that I think we've ever had in college football. He, he was, he was fantastic. Um, and he always, he was always himself. And, and, and that's one of the things I love about him is because he just, he would just say what was on his mind. He was just real. Um, and you don't always see that. There wasn't coach speak when you were talking to Mike Leach. It was just, it was just him on Un unfiltered Mike Leach. Yeah. Um, there's no better way to put that. That's rocking the college football world. It's rocking the football world in general. A lot of professional athletes are putting their opinions on social media about how, you know, even from a distance he impacted or motivated them. Um, so there's a lot of love there and a lot of broken hearts as this uh, sudden news dawns on the football world. And as you put it, Kaylee, immense prayers to his family um just because whenever something there's no preparation for it but when something happens in the blink of an eye that takes a, a breathtaking toll so thinking of his entire family thinking of the um mississippi state organization and the players and the players that you know are going to try to see their way after this because coach is a bigger position than just getting it right on the field or drawing up plays or bringing in the right players, a lot of these coaches end up being father figures and mentors for these guys. And that's what molds the next generation and the next breed of athletes to come and make an impact and use this platform correctly. So um, again, Kaylee put it perfectly, but here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns and the whole Odyssey family uh, send our condolences, our prayers to the family organization and all that are impacted by today's news. And um, on that note, we're going to kind of switch over to back to that lighter note of um, Tom Brady and the Let's Go podcast. And um, as I was saying earlier, on that podcast, what's really interesting is that there's 
the tone and there's the responses that Brady has from the platform, from the podium and press conferences. Um, he kind of will be a little bit more expressive on his social media, but even that's dialed back slightly. But then on the Let's Go podcast, probably because it's his podcast, um, you get to hear a little bit more from Brady than, than the typical structured answer. And he's definitely not dismissive on that podcast. So what was interesting about and what was funny with Kaylee's opening is that he said on the Let's Go podcast that um, when he comes out to the field. So on this week's episode, he had Adam Sandler, Tracy Morgan and Bill Burr on. And if you guys don't know any of those three comedians, I don't know where you've been because you at least have to know Adam Sandler. I think we talked about oh it last week um, or at least we talked about it amongst ourselves, me, Kaylee and James. But it was funny because they were talking about all different things and they were comparing the platform of being on the stage, being live and delivering and how you feel if you give a bad delivery versus like being on the field and losing a crap game and how that feels and turning the page. So Adam Sandler asked Tom Brady, you know, what do you do if you come out kind of cold? Like if he if, if Sandler goes on stage and he feels like he didn't hit, you know, the crowd hard enough to begin with and he and he's not really landing anything. He's got to find a way to ramp things up so that he could like deliver home nicely. And then he translated that to Brady having all these fourth quarter comebacks. And Brady's like, yeah, well, first and foremost, you know, I got to go out there and apologize to the referees. And he's like, and Sandler's like, do you apologize to them after you go off on them during the game? And he goes, no, I do that in pregame. I let them know, you know, you should know this, but I'm a, I'm an a-hole and you know, just in advance, like I apologize for anything that happens out there. So just I'm like, so, you know, I'm not right. going to hold back. Sure. Yeah. And of course it was great. Cause Bill Burr comes back and he's like, I'm going to address my wife like that every morning. And if you guys watch any of his comedies, he's constantly just like his wife must be a super trooper. Like she's, she must deal with a lot. Um, but I found that so funny because you see, it just shows you what you see on TV and what you see, you know, in the memes and the gifs and all the things online. And then what's actually running through a player's mind. I find that so fascinating, right? Kayla? Oh, like yeah. it's not what we can assume or anticipate, no matter how many headlines we run and how many assumptions we make it, it can still be so different. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious that Tom is just, well, a, this shows us that he's like, he's very self-aware. He's like, yeah. Look, I'm kind of I'm I'm like a nice person off the field, but like when I get into game mode, I'm a dick. Like I'm <laughs> I'm a straight up jerk and I'm going to be a jerk because that's how I have this competitive edge yeah. is to like be a jerk. He's like I'm not always a jerk, but mm -hmm. out there on the field when I'm trying to win a football game, like there is a competitive yeah. edge. Like I'm what did I say, Casey, like a few weeks ago? I said, I want to see some dog in this team. I want to see some mm -hmm. fight. Like, I want to see somebody go out there and have their mindset be like, I'm going to pulverize this other team. Tom Brady, he kind of admitted to that. He's like, yeah. he's like, look, when I get out there, there's nothing stopping me. Like, I'm not a nice guy anymore. I'm I'm about to go off and, uh, and I'm going to go off on everybody. My teammates. Yeah. Myself, the refs, <laughs> the other team, like everybody needs to know this is a different Tom Brady walking onto the field. Yep. Just FYI, respect. I respect you as an individual, but I got my, I'm, I'm feeling a little salty. This is salty, <laughs> Tom. Get ready. Um, I love it. I love it, man. Yeah. His shows, 
that shows a competitive spirit that shows a competitive edge and mm-hmm. Casey frankly clearly it works I mean that that you know what Tom Brady that little competitive edge he has it clearly works seven Super Bowls later uh well yeah I would say that he's pretty successful <laughs> at doing what he does um so I love that. I think that's hilarious. And I love that he had the comedians on this week. Just the fact that like to relate different things. And, and those are some of the best comedians. Goodness gracious. Of like yeah. our generation. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess they're all a little bit older than us. Can I say our generation? I don't know. I'm going to say, I'm going to say our generation. I would say they're almost um, like a cross like two, but definitely within ours. I mean, like I've, yeah, I grew up on Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. So like movies. all things Adam Sandler. Yeah, a hundred percent. So yeah, I so we this is the conversation we had off the pod last week, which was uh Billy Madison is still probably my favorite. And and Casey and I agreed on this. Mr. Deeds he and that that is a that's a low-key fire movie, and everyone underrates it and it needs to get it higher. It's hilarious. We need to vote on this. Like, the, yeah, does Mr. Deeds deserve way more respect? As a comedic respect? movie. Oh, James, no, no, James, stay out here with comments. that. Stay out. With that. Yeah, stay out. And plus, our like, I don't know if qualifies as our generation yeah. either. So he's not gonna. It's not gonna hit home with him. Like Billy Madison, fantastic. You cannot yeah. not quote Billy Madison. And anyone who's followed me for a for more than just the past year or two on Twitter has seen every football season. I quote Billy Madison because you have to, but then outside of that, it's like, what's the next movie when you're just sitting there that you're going to throw on really quick. It's Mr. Deeds. Mr. Deeds. So good. It's so good. It's definitely underrated. Uh, Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans. Let us know what's, what's your favorite Adam Sandler movie. I want to know that first of all, Second, uh, what's the most underrated Adam Sandler movie that we have out there? You can follow us at Jolly Rogers TDS on both Instagram and Twitter. We'll put the poll up later today, uh, and we want to know from you guys. Can and and he has had some sports movies, right? Like The Longest Yard, uh, Happy Gilmore, right? Like he's had some sports movies thrown in there. So, sports (laughs) fans, let us know. What is your favorite Adam Sandler movie? What's the great, the best underrated Adam Sandler movie? Casey and I choose Mr. Deeds, and my top Adam Sandler movie is Billy Madison. I um, that actually, though, so here now that you mentioned Happy Gilmore, that okay. takes me to the other conversation that Sandler had with Brady on the podcast, and it yes. was the fact that because he's Mr. Comeback King over here, um, how do what what sparks him to like get that get that fire going? And I love his happy place. Yeah. What's his, what does Tom Brady's happy place look like? Lo and behold, Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans. Tom Brady's happy place is anger, not avocado, Tom, angry. And he said it, he said, I use anger. He's like a lot of times that you see me MFing out there on the field, obviously I'm, you know, rephrasing. Um, (laughs) But anytime you see me MFing out there on the field, it's me gassing myself up. It's me getting that anger going so that I can, you know, hit that next gear so I can, dial in and do something different and he even said he's like sometimes when i do it to my teammates it's just to kind of feed off of them and get them lively too so um i thought it was so cool for brady to be like yeah that angry guy that you see on the field like he has a purpose you know that's how fourth quarter comebacks make or stand today that's why two minute tom which i haven't figured out that's a terrible nickname yet but 
I mean, it's what he's doing. It could be taken in the wrong way is all I get, It could get weird. It could get weird. Okay. But, like, our producer loves it. But then, like, Two Minute Tom, like, <laughs> I think of the angry guy. It's just great to know that even though we're seeing a tamper tantrum and the headlines are so different as to how we castrate Tom Brady sometimes, he's over here like, no, it's a fuel for me. Like, that's how I stay in a game that's just kind of slipping away. And that anger tends to do good things sometimes. So, it made me think like if you if you're in a pressured moment how what's your thing like some people think of like a happy memory some people think of that promise that they made <laughs> some people you know there's so many different things i don't know if anger would be mine i'm not going to say what's going on in the comments guys this is, you're, you're catching Kaylee in rare form. I said I'm salty today. You can uh, you can say it. Kaylee I mean, is on fire. Guys. I don't like I don't like the two minute Tom nickname. I think that there's too many undertones, and I just think that it's like waiting for a punchline. Like two minute Tom. No wonder Giselle left him. Like. <laughs> Anyway, oh, there's God. just too many punchlines. I don't like the nickname. Sure. That's why. It's just too easy. Don't set yourself up. Don't set yourself up. Not if you're going to go on a <laughs> podcast with comedians or, you know. Oh, he didn't say it. He didn't say it. This no, is, this I know. Is, I know. I, but okay. just, Could you imagine if he said that to these comedians? Like, yeah, it would have been far. It would have. That would have taken. Oh, they would have ripped into him. Like, that's yeah. not. He, <laughs> no, I don't like that nickname. I would never, never want to be called that. Terrible You're nickname. Crazy. Do not tweet that again from your account. No. <laughs> Take it off the books. You're going to start tweeting on the Jolly Rogers accounts. Anytime that he does something, I'm going to be like, two minute Tom with the. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Five. No, he might, two minutes might be plenty. But I do love what you said, Casey, because uh, to the point. You have to, you have to fuel yourself. And again, this goes back to my comment about Tom being self-aware. He knows that he has to dial up the anger, that the anger fuels him. That's how he dips into that competitive nature, you know, and everybody's different, which is like what Adam Sandler was talking about. Like, right. what does Adam Sandler do whenever he like goes out on stage and is like, you know, the first five minutes is just like total bombing. He has to figure it out. Like, what is he going to? And so Tom Brady said, I use anger. And I love that he uses anger because um, I think that I think that that it clearly again it it works. Um, it gets him going. It gets him into the zone. And whenever you look at at, at, at Tom, it just I think it paints a bigger picture of who he is because yeah. people take what they see in a game and then they evaluate evaluate it. Oh, Tom Brady broke an iPad. Oh, Tom Brady's curse. I did that earlier this year. I was frustrated with Tom because I was like, how are you going to skip walkthrough on Friday night and then curse out your teammates? Like that doesn't seem cool. But now understanding the psychology about him, right? it makes sense. It makes sense. I'm still, I'm not going to sit here and say like in that exact moment, was I a fan of it? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I was a fan in that exact moment. But it makes sense. I understand a little bit more about why he does it and how he's actually trying to fuel himself and fuel the team. And again, yeah. it works. Like he has to for emotion. Team. And we've talked so much about emotion on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Seeing any of it. And then you're starting to see glimmers of it, but now we get it. He wants to get a rise that can be applied to the field. I still 
find it very fascinating. <laughs> yeah. like, somebody's screaming in my face. I'm like, look, you need to relax. Um, but I think that with, with it being Brady and think- who he is, and his teammates clearly know that about him. I probably he there's you know there's no way that he has a conversation with the refs and he doesn't tell his teammates, "Hey, this is how I am on the field." Right? Like they oh, yeah. know that about him. Yeah, so the coaches cool. like everybody knows this about Tom Brady. Like right inside that locker room. Yeah. Um, so it, it it is interesting. It does feel like Casey. You and I have talked a lot about accountability. It does feel like maybe a little bit of accountability with what he was saying in the let's go podcast because he acknowledged that like he has had bad games and that there are times that things get away from the team and um i mean take this game for instance like it started it started as a train wreck uh and it didn't really get better from there um but But we're gonna have in just a second actually yeah no no we're not getting fully into it but like he's just the fact that he's acknowledging it and understanding it um, it, it, I, I like that he did that. I like that he acknowledged it. He's self-aware mm-hmm. enough to know, hey, this is what's going on. Um, yeah, we have a few more team updates to get to. Yeah. Well, just one big one, really. Um, as Kaylee and I just mentioned, if you haven't, uh, go see a different side of Tom Brady and some of your favorite comedians, depending on your general, I hate saying that you should know and love um every comedian on that thing but um on a comedic note and uh, kaylee and i and and james were talking about this before the show cole beasley (laughs) is uh coming out of retirement and he's not doing it tom brady style uh he i believe it said signed with the bills practice squad so returning return to sender kind of deal but on november 6th he, which we know Beasley is no stranger to Twitter. He puts, you know, he's he's been very vocal on the Twitter timeline. Um, but <laughs> on November 6th, he, he responded to a fan asking questions, um, saying that, like, he was never going to play in Tampa Bay. And his retirement was the fact that he said it was time to be a full-time dad and husband. And then, of course, he's being quoted on that now with the news of him signing to the Bills practice squad. Also, though, this is where this is where the comedic lining for me is. I know contractually how these things work to get a guy back on the team. And, you know, you got to clear waivers and all these things. And then you practice squad and then you get elevated. But to go back to where you left and had a lot of things to say about this team, like then you come to play with Brady and then you have so much about like, oh, you know, I've always wanted to play with him. I reached out to him. And mind you guys, everybody talked about the fact that Beasley was like, banging down Brady's door, sliding in the DMs, doing everything he can to be seen by this guy, knowing the roster that you're coming in with, then you feel some type of way that you're not going to get enough playing time. And then you retire on a different note to circle back and sign to the practice squad of your former team. Who's obviously doing very well. I mean, the bills are going to be, the bills are going to go far. Um, what did you think about this, Kaylee? Because I'm just like, this guy's a joke. Yeah, it it, it feels very. It's like the it's like the opposite. Well, I don't know. I guess I was gonna say it's like the opposite of Tom Brady, but people will make the comparison like, oh, Tom Brady retired and then he came back and what whatever. But like, I think even within that, there was self awareness going on. But mm-hmm. with this thing, it feels a little bandwagony to me frankly 
Like, yeah. oh, Tom Brady, Bucks, they already won a Super Bowl. Like, Tom Brady, the GOAT, I'm going to, like, slide into his DMs and, like, try to, you know, get picked up and try to do this whole thing and then realize, oh, this team isn't, A, either as good as I thought or I'm not going to get the playing time that I thought or whatever. Yeah. So I'm going to leave and retire. He didn't. Ha- he could have said that he was leaving. He didn't have to like do the whole like I'm retiring thing, especially if you're not sure. And right. then to jump to another team that is having more success, it feels a little bandwagony to me. Like it I feels agree. just like a little too, you know, wisher washer. Yeah. I don't I like it. Because also he wasn't having his way with the bills, you know, he felt yeah. undervalued and disrespected and da, 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 all these things. And um, then you go to a team that had a lot more hope <laughs> uh, yeah. at that time of the season. So, you know, even if they lost a game or two, a game or two at that point, there was still a lot of hope there. Like, all right, we're turning this around. Yeah. Like we're still working out the kinks. Guys are healing. Like there was still just so much hope. Well, and look at the, everybody pointing to the 2020 season when they won the Super Bowl. They were like, well, they didn't figure it out until like week nine that year. Exactly. Like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. By the Bears, and they realized the Bears should have never done that. They yeah. flipped the script. So <laughs> I feel like I agree. I feel like Beasley was like, mm, Bills aren't giving me what I want. And I finally got a hold of that chick on Instagram. She acknowledged my presence. Um, I did the right dance in the DMs. Then he gets down here and thinks that he's going to be like that guy on this roster that he's fully aware of, knowing that where injuries played a role, where injuries didn't play a role. Yeah. You get what, two and a half games in, and then you decide that I just, I, okay, is this petty of me? Let's just be real today. We're feeling very real. Is okay. it petty of me to be like, I would be pissed if I was his family and you're going to use the full time dad and husband give to retire knowing that you don't want to leave football and then you're going to come back and go back to your old team. Like I'd be annoyed. Say something yeah, it else. It just feels like a cop out. Like it's like, Oh, you're going to, yeah, just it's yeah. not real. It's yeah. not self-aware. It doesn't feel real. Like, like pitiful excuse. Oh, I'm going to go yeah. whatever now. Like, no, you're not. That was never the, that's not where your head's yeah, at. You were a full-time dad for three, for three weeks. Like, right. Like well, imagine also, if- you're always a full-time dad, but like, Anyway, that's just like a whole nother diatribe that I won't get into. Like, right. Anyway, it made me feel funny. I'm just sense. like, I was over here like, geez, like that would kind of suck. But yeah, yeah, I agree with the bandwagon statement. I think he got here and was like, I'm not going to get the, I'm not I'm getting what I want. It kind of feels a little toddlery to me. Like, yeah. oh, the grass is greener. I, I think I want this thing. I get it. Oh, it's not actually what I want. I'm going to leave it and with an excuse knowing that that excuse is not real and that I'm going to like try to find something else eventually. Like it just, it feels a little toddlery to me. Like it's like, you know, I just don't like that. Casey, before we leave team updates, uh, a few injury, well, yeah, a few injury updates. Um, Jamel Dean suffered a toe injury on Sunday. They said that it's not serious. Um, he is still week to week, though, and will likely miss some time. When he did not come back after he left the game on Sunday. Um, Vita Vea has a strained calf. <laughs> um, and Joe Tryon Trinka has a hip injury. 
And I guess there are some tests as of yesterday afternoon that are going on with those injuries that we will keep you guys updated of. Um, I guess t- Coach Bowles called it a calf strain specifically for Vita Vea. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not much updates as of uh, yesterday, just a little bit more um, – testing to do but obviously not not a good sign a team that has already struggled with injuries throughout this season it's it's been kind of the theme of the season a lot of injuries that have gone on and then you add you know Jamel Dean Vita Vea and and Joe Tryon Shrinka to the list uh and that in addition to the fact that Mike Edwards Antoine Winfield Jr. and Sean Murphy Bunting were not eligible to go and play uh, against the 49ers. They were deemed inactive because of their own injuries. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mike Edwards is a hamstring. Winfield is an ankle. And Sean Murphy Bunting is a quad. So not not good. Not the Christmas present that everybody wanted. This is not not good here. There's yeah. no gifting here. And then yeah. I got to clarify something because Matt Matera for Pewter Report, he always adds a, a song to, I, I believe it's mainly post-game podcast for them. But okay. he asks fans, like, what song should he put on there? Now, mind you guys, and Sunday I could not watch. I was I was at a funeral with a friend. Um, but I, you know, I have the updates on my phone and I checked in here and there. Now, granted... I was saying because the only tweets I was seeing was, you know, we're getting our butts handed to us. Like this looks bad. We suck. We're getting our butts handed to us. So the song that I saw my song choice, which is slightly aggressive was bodies hit the bodies by drowning pool. Well, somebody messaged me the floor. That one, somebody messaged me and goes, is that related to all the injuries? And I was like, Oh my God, no. Like that was just, it kind of works. It can play out, but it was just more so like obviously also just getting your butts handed to you. So I was just like, yeah. gosh, I hope this wasn't a terrible song choice now paying attention to that. But nobody was offended. Thank God. I just I just wanted to clarify that I had not been fully aware of all of the Isn't injuries. Really funny, though. Like, I love let the bodies like it's, I mean, it's, that's the, that's about the theme of the season. Going. Yeah, like screw screw just like a post game <laughs> song. This is like. Make it the song of the season. This is this Wait. is the reality. Yes, Kaylee. Actually, yes. Again, it's we're going to be true. real here today. It's, it's so true. true. And you know what's terrifying about the like what you just read off? This we we just said what three episodes this ago on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. Like, oh, yeah. we're turning a corner. Health is getting back on this team's side. Okay, well that was that was. That was just no. That was two weeks ago. Things have changed drastically. Like the defense has been the only thing keeping these guys in any games that they have won this year. And now half the defense is bodies hit the floor. Like give bodies like the floor. This is so sad. And Dina Vea was already a foot injury to begin with. So again, yeah. if you did your 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 hip bones connected to your whatever bone game as a kid, I think all of this plays into since the top of the year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well. Before history is written, it's played. 
Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Casey, on that note, you mentioned the defense. And uh, I think on that note, we got to get into what this game looked like because... It was gross. To, to, to be honest, to be honest, I anticipated a lackluster offensive performance. I, it's not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. That's not what I wanted. Don't hear that. But that's what I anticipated knowing the, you know, what I've been saying from the rooftops for the last, I don't know, whole season <laughs> and what the Bucks have not done the whole season except for like twice on a two-minute drill um yeah i mean there there's they got into the end zone once they had seven points i expected something similar honestly i i anticipated more uh field goals and less touchdowns than i mean what we got, I was like, I, I thought I was... and saw zero field goals. I was like, for yeah. crying out loud, like they yeah. couldn't have at least gotten nine points. Yeah, in the first uh, half. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ryan suck up oh for one. So uh the fact that they only got suck up down there one time and he missed. Yeah. I mean, not even, not even. I'm not even focused on the miss. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm focused on the fact that they got within field goal range once ish once because again some of that's play calling but they got within full field goal range once yeah so i don't have it's not that i don't have i don't want to say like oh i don't have a problem with it it's just i anticipated it i anticipated a that this was not going to be a super winnable game b i anticipated that the offense was probably going to have a little bit of a lackluster performance but where i was kind of hanging my hat was the defense. I thought, okay, this defense can come out and they had their meeting. They've had, you know, they, they talked, they didn't have the best thing last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they still won, but they didn't have the best performance. They want to do better. They're going to talk it out. And that I think where I'm most frustrated, frustrated with this defense is on the ground. I mean, how, 119 rushing yards by Christian McCaffrey alone. 209 total. Like that's just, that's, that's more than half of the total yards that the 49ers had were on the ground. And this is, this was supposed to be, was touted as one of the best run stop defenses at the beginning of the season. That's what I have an issue with. So that's kind of where I'm like my treasure takeaway. What I'm focusing on is like, Mm -hmm. that's not okay. Like, uh, there's a lot in this game that's not okay, but like for this defense to allow that much after everything else that they've seen this year, knowing that that potentially was a weakness that they had because it has been exploited this season, I did not like that. Again, there was a lot of things I didn't like about in this game, but that one, that one kind of is like one of the things that stood out to me as like a treasure takeaway this is not okay well absolutely and I I think why it's probably one of the most important treasure takeaways is that 
as 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 fans, as reporters, as media, as any sort of spectator of this game, of this sport, of this team, you know that they they have film studies. You know that they have their treasured takeaways of how to manage a team and keep themselves within reach of potentially winning a game. Christian McCaffrey was on should have been on the top of the list, like because not only does he have that ground power, but he can freaking catch. So a lot of times if you look statistically, whether he's been in a Niners jersey or a Panthers jersey, this guy is almost, well, not all the time because his ground game is is ridiculous. But a lot of times you'll see that he has almost equal measure of pass catching versus, you know, his ground game. Or he'll break 100 yards and he'll still have 50 plus receiving yards. Like he would have been top of my list of how do we contain this guy? Because yep. then you you work from from in to out. You contain the Swiss Army knife that is Christian McCaffrey. They can do all sorts of things asked of him. Then you go out to D-Boy Samuel, who, okay, he's a wide receiver. Sometimes they do these, these um, what do you call it, pitches to him, and or sometimes they'll put him back at running back. Okay, cool, but they're only going to do that this percentage of the time. How do we contain him? And then you brought in the spectrum a little bit more. Tight end, Kittle, when, when do they use them? How do they use them? They, it always just looks like they don't study film. I yeah. hate to say that. I, I it, trust me, I don't, I don't get any joy out of this, but it looks like they're not studying film. What I will say is that statistically looking at this game that I found massively interesting, there was zero sacks in this game for either team. The 49ers are known for their pass rush. So I do give a huge hats off to what this offensive line was able to do within all their fragmented issues, but no friggin' sacks. And you let Christian McCaffrey put up over a hundred rushing yards on you and over 30 receiving yards on you. If injuries didn't plague both sides or both teams and both sides of the ball here, imagine what, what, what that score would have actually looked like. It would have been significantly more embarrassing um right yeah i guess my whole spiel is to say that my treasure takeaway is here we are week 14 still no game plan and i don't plan still still veterans making stupid penalties stupid so untimely Mm -hmm. um and and these are these are like veteran players doing this um so that's my second takeaway it's and it's on both sides of the ball. It's yeah. it's it's just it's too much. I mean, it, it, I'm gonna kind of lean in more so to the offense on this one though, because it's like Donovan Smith, you were the guy that really like messed up your team last week. You didn't learn from that. You didn't learn from some of those holding calls last week. Yeah. Uh, and highest guy in the league right now and you get yeah. a massive massive play called back mike evans deserved that that was the only thing i could find myself to tweet in that moment is like wow mike evans deserved that and it gets called back on a holding call another yeah. holding call why are you playing with so much fear smith six holding penalties in 11 games it's the season high for his career <sighs> and what he says is and I'm clearly he's frustrated with himself, but I don't love this answer. He said, we've got to find an answer. We've got to fix it. Me included. 
No, it's dude. like, well, you, of course you included. Yeah. You exclusively, dude. Yeah. You're, you're, what do you mean we? We didn't collect the holding call. We didn't get a massive touchdown call back for the second game in a row. We did not do any of that. You. That's where accountability has been a massive issue on this team from day one. This this isn't hockey. That wasn't a we issue. Don't we me. You're not French. You, I, I screwed up. And I don't want to hear, I got a lot going on outside of the field and I screwed up. I respect Donovan Smith. I respect any guy that puts his hand in the dirt. Do not mistake this. But come on, that was such a cop out. No, no we, no we. You, you got to figure out what's going on in your head. You got to figure out what's distracting you. You got to figure out why you are not tapped in when you suit up and get on this line. You're a veteran presence on a line that's gone through a lot this season. You've played with two different guys to the right of you. You, you are a tone setter because of your veteran presence on this line. And you're going to make that a we thing. That's just, I mean, you said it, Casey, at the start, like, that's just like a lack of accountability. You're, And that's why I had such a problem with that statement because me included, it's like, yeah, it, it's, it's you exclusively, dude. Like mm-hmm. they're asking, the reason the reporters are asking the question to you is because you have done this. You're yeah. doing this. Like it's not your fault. The offense sucks, but like you have contributed mm-hmm. to really really untimely mistakes and yeah. and, and mishaps and, and i tried you... to kind of defend him at one point kaylee because yes he has had a, a rookie to the to the to the right of him he has had to compensate yeah. because his presence was significantly missed when he initially hyperextended the elbow maybe he's not 100 percent. i'll give him all of that guys don't don't you know don't think that i'm not taking this into consideration the fact of the matter is, look at how many penalties he got when he was compensating for Luke Gedeke versus now there's a little bit more help there. There's a little bit more consistency there. And then all of a sudden you're racking up these penalties. So that's yeah. just to eliminate the excuse of, well, he stepped up and had to expand himself and whatever, whatever. No, that expansion period's over. Gedeke hasn't been in. So what's the excuse? What's going on? You have to remove all of the blame game on this team, the lack of accountability, the finger pointing, the... All of this, like, this is detrimental to this team individually and as a whole. Yeah, and and I can't, you know, go in on Smith without mentioning Keanu Neal and, and you know, the untimely penalty. You know, I'm not as angry about this penalty, to be honest, Casey, just because it's just uh, – Tom Brady said it on his Let's Go podcast. It's kind of the way that the game is going, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and the other thing is Keanu Neal, like, he took – he took accountability for himself. Right. He says, as I, as I got closer, I expected him to get to, to step into the pocket or step out. He didn't see me. I drove straight through him. You know, I, my goal wasn't to hit him in the head. That wasn't my intention. I'm not that kind of player. So more so he was just trying to say like, Hey, look, like th- I, this wasn't like, I wasn't trying to like take this guy out. I wasn't trying to like take this guy's mm-hmm. head off, but he acknowledged like, yeah, I, but I did, I hit his head that wasn't my intention, but I did it. Yeah. So there's some accountability there. There's some acknowledgement there. There's some like, yeah, I did this. I, I deserved see. that penalty and I'm going to get better from mm-hmm. it. I'm going to keep my eyes. I'm going to try to anticipate better. I'm going to try to see these things better because I know that this is something that people call because it's a big deal. 
yeah. they're trying to keep players safe. So like, it just seemed, it just, when you look at those two statements back to back, one is so full of accountability and one is just not. And it, and it's just, it's glaring. It's yeah. so glaring that the offense as a whole, and you can just use this one quote as like a little like, Yep. See, this is what I'm pointing to, but you've seen it all season long. The offense as a whole, it, it, there's just so much lack of accountability there. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think honestly, you just put it best, especially being able to compare the offense and the defense. Because again, if you were, if we were, if we were fishing for you know an excuse or a different perspective here, Keanu Neal has one. Ninety percent of us hate this rough roughing the passer call. It's just changing the game of football drastically, making some games hard to watch. I mean. I really wish that they would just reevaluate the calling process here because I know that head to head is its own issue in its sense. I'm not discounting that, but the momentum and the decision-making time that these guys have, I feel like people are being penalized for something they really cannot control. When you are in motion, do something. And then all of a sudden the circumstance changes in the blink of an eye, but your body is already in motion. Like that's difficult. So, but you nailed it on the head, Kaylee. Defense takes accountability for something that could be questionable. Offense still not taking much accountability for something that's hurting them. And it's not, it's never in non-significant downs. It's never in non-significant plays. I mean, we're talking about two different touchdowns that got called back in the last two weeks. We're talking about the same guy by the same guy on the same bad, like on the same penalty that he got called. Like, it's just, dude, you have like, this is a you okay. issue. Yeah. This is a you issue, and you have to figure it out. Casey, on that note, um, that's kind of what Todd Bowles said to this team, which I I actually did appreciate. Uh, I know I've given I've I've given Coach Todd Bowles a hard time here on this podcast because there are times where I I didn't think that he was holding this team accountable. I didn't think he was holding himself accountable. Yeah. But this is what he said after the game. We can't be one set of bucks and then another set of bucks. It's got to mean something. We've got a one-game lead with four games to go. You either want it or you don't. You can't care more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. As a coach, you don't go on the field, but we definitely got outcoached. Wow. He actually acknowledged that he got out coached Casey like this right that's break that's monumental for me like you're acknowledging that yeah we're we got out coached we're not excusing it at all we got outplayed as well as a group as a team we've got to buckle down and decide what our fate is going to be the next few weeks I really appreciated that statement from Todd Bowles after the game again I I feel like I feel like this is what we've been asking for. Some accountability. Step up. Acknowledge in the ways that you have gotten out coached because that's true. You have gotten out coached kind of a lot this season, frankly. And mm-hmm. and acknowledge that your team got outplayed because you know how they can play. You know how they can play and they didn't play that way. Yeah. So I really like that statement, but Casey, it seems you you have some feelings on that statement as well. I do. Okay, so I'll, I'll say this. I appreciate the fact that somebody, an organization that has been clearly struggling, can say something along the lines of, we were outcoached. I still feel like it's a cop-out because – Oh, interesting. Tell me why. Well, while, yes, you got outcoached. Okay, can you really – 
what is the saying? The the be- the definition of being the best is going against the best, right? Yeah. I don't think the Bucks are bringing their best to the table. So I feel like the term being out coached is still kind of a cop out because no, you got beat, and half of that beating is on your own doing. Like, oh, I wouldn't, I I wouldn't feel. You see what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't feel good or confident if I was Shanahan, like, oh, yeah, I outcoached that Bucks team. No, they're a dumpster fire. I didn't do anything spectacular. I watched a team beat themselves on certain downs, and then I just added fuel to the fire. So, okay, that's a great point. I got away with another cop out statement. Like, because of all the antics surrounding around this game, you know, you got two interceptions from Tom Brady. So Brady now has to step in and take accountability for bad throws and, you know, mm-hmm. lean into that conversation of not doing the right thing at that time. You had so many different factors play into where it's like, we just got out coach. We just got outplayed. Actually, you didn't to an extent. You, yeah. you again came in looking like you had no game plan, making the same old mistakes, doing the same old garbage. Like, I'm not the 49ers organization like, heck yeah, we just gave it to Tom Brady and, and the Bucks. Like, I'm over here like, wow, well, we put up 35 points. Good for us. Like, I make that more of an internal success versus, like, beating the best. I don't think No, I, I understand a little bit more what you're saying now. And I think I, I think when you put it that way, I do agree with you because you're right. A lot of this was, I mean, their own mistakes, their own penalties, their own – you know, they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot. So you know, they didn't get in field goal range. <laughs> they didn't even get a chance to put up field yeah. goals. They were nearly yeah. shut out by the 49ers who mind you, yes, they have a solid pass rush, but I remind you Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans, this game had zero sacks. When you're playing typically the best pass rush team in the league. And we're also talking about a bucks team that gets at least two sacks in a game. We're talking about zero sacks from either team including the best pass rush defense in the league, number one. Number two, their secondary is young. Hence the excitement after the game of why they wanted their balls signed by Brady. And again, another sentence that probably didn't sound so flattering, but you know, you saw that youth, that youthful excitement from a young secondary that should have been easier, more easily thrown off by one of the best quarterbacks who know how to throw defenses in the league. You throw two interceptions, you're going up against a secondary. That's not all that strong. And Game plan. I just don't see the game plan. I compared this team to the Dolphins in terms of like what the Dolphins did. Dolphins have offensive firepower. Dolphins have like no defense, right? That's kind of their their Achilles heel right now. If you statistically look at what the Dolphins defense did in that first half of the game, to the very least, this Bucks defense should have been able to double. Yeah. Casey, you you make a lot of really great points. You're getting me a little fired up. I'm wondering. I, if I know if I get you I'm fired up again. I'm wondering if we should uh, if we should transition to walk the plank. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wanted to. I wanted to. I wanted to feel excited. Like, okay, maybe they are turning a corner. Maybe there is some accountability. But I think this. It, it feels like the same old, same old. And I agree with coach Todd Bowles in in some ways this team has to decide what their own fate is because right now they do crazily enough sit atop the NFC South at six and seven because the Panthers are five and eight and the Falcons are five and eight and the Saints are four and nine one which is again baffling but the Bucks really can decide their own fate and I get it 
that you're rattled with injuries. I get it that there's other things going on. But at the end of the day, this is an organization that chose to make these decisions. The front office decided to get older players that, frankly, have been injury prone. Some Mm -hmm. of the injuries have been weird anomalies, right? But, like, the front office chose to go out and sign guys and give them money, and they have a history Mm -hmm. of injuries. The front office decided that. The coaching staff has decided to not have faith in their offense, to not do what has been successful and what you can tell is successful Mm -hmm. in this offensive scheme. The coaching staff has decided to do that. The players are continuing to make mistakes. They're continuing to draw penalties. They're continuing to do these things over and over and over again. So to me, this is holistically problems at all three levels, all three levels that needs accountability, that needs change, and they have to decide their own fate. What are you going to do? You have an opportunity. You're probably going to win the NFC South. You're probably going to win it. All you have to do is beat the Falcons and beat the Panthers. Yeah. And you and your destiny is set. Then you're going to host a wild card team. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to come to Tampa and you're going to host them. You have everything on your side. And frankly, you shouldn't. What are you going to do with that? Yeah. And if you squander it away, then, then you should go to bed feeling every single ounce of disappointment that everyone will have in you for this season. Yeah. You should go to bed feeling disappointed in yourself because you just squandered an opportunity. And mm-hmm. that, to me, that's the worst thing of all. You have potential and then you squander it. There's no excuse for that. There's never an excuse for that. There's not. And that's what plays back into that whole, you know, out coach thing. Um, Cause I totally forgot something that I was looking at that kind of made me realize how much I didn't really love that statement. We've seen a lot of analysts who talk about the bucks. Um, one of our favorites and in, in specifically John Ledyard, you know, the, the success that this team has with play action when they choose to use it. Knowing their play action success, it's one of the least utilized things. And to put into perspective from this past game alone, three play action attempts, two of them completed, a 66.7% completion rate with pass with, with play action. You want to know how many times they did not use play action? No play action comes in at 52 attempts, 32 completions of 52. Screen. Four attempts, three completions. Okay. No What's screen. the percentage, Casey? What's the For percentage? The no play action? Yeah. 61.5%. So so like 5% less, right? Mm-hmm. Which when you're in these tight moments, when your back's against the wall, why would you not? What? Again, it's all because in the statistics. You know has, here for, for everybody. Yeah, you know has more success. It gets better. No screen. 30 or 51 attempts, 31 completions. And that one sticks at a 60.8%. They're not even, they're not even applying to their strengths here, which you see on paper. And when Tom Brady signed to this team in 2020, what was the first conversation that surrounded this guy? This team's about to load up on play action. This team's really about to bring play action. 
this team has chose has treated play action like there's so many analogies I can use and I'm just I'm not going to because I don't want to be as dramatic as Twitter has been as of late but guys like come on come on your their depth their passing depth 10 to 19 yards is one of their least successful passing their least successful they've completed they completed two out of 11 attempts on Sunday alone and then their short is where they're a little bit stronger but the deep threat which I was hating was actually registered as more successful according to PFF. Yeah. So I, I I say all of that just to say that you didn't get out coached. You see these things on paper. You should know your team better than anybody. And you come to you 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 hit the field and make decisions that don't apply to strengths. I do not get that. I cannot rationalize it. And that's what makes this this frustrating as a whole for me. It just continues to play into the decision-making process that's going on within this organization for this team. And, you know, there's still some big games left. I'm terrified for them to host the Bengals this weekend and with the injuries to boot. Yeah, we're going to get more into that game and more into a lot of other things. Casey, you kind of teased it a little bit. Uh, One of the favorite analysts, of the Bucks, John Ledyard is is going to join us on a future Not, episode. Yeah, coming up. I was gonna say I gave I gave my team the wrong date, but I was just clarifying. <laughs> but he's coming yes. on a future yeah. episode. It's coming up, so be sure to subscribe to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns wherever you get your podcast. Casey, any other parting words for for our fans? Any any bit of salt or brightening of their day that you want to give? I don't know how bright this will be, but um, my, I, I am going to throw a walk the plank out oh, there really wow. quick though, yeah. actually. Um, and apparently Luna agrees. Yeah. I just need Bucks fans. I understand the frustration. This season was nowhere near anything any of us could have predicted, especially from the excitement um, of Brady returning and training camp and the players that we were wanting to see, you know, blossom or contribute I get it I really do especially because I grew up in Tampa I was a fan when they sucked I was a fan when they won a Super Bowl here I I get it but like the Twitter conversations that are taking place some of you guys just really have to reel it in like there's so many bashing disturbing like below the belt conversations taking place on Twitter and like guys none of these players nobody on this organization is going to come and say thank you for defending them to the levels that you're defending them. It's We're just taking things a little broader than it needs to be. At the end of the day, it's a game. And it's a game that we love to watch, and it typically brings everybody together. It's just causing like a lot of just really gritty arguments on social media. And I hate to see it. Like Honestly, that's kind of the reason I really haven't been on Twitter as much. I put two cents in there the other day, and I kind of hung back. And then, you know, there's been a lot of not so great news on there. So, of course, I try to make sure to make that a point of, you know, focus. But other than that, I've just hated being on Twitter lately. Yeah. It's been too much. It's been I, way too much. It's still yeah. the holidays. It's still a game. It's still that. So, like, let's not take things so far to the point where we're not remembering that, you know, what you say matters. And when you cut deep on social media over a game, you don't know what mental state you're pushing people into once everybody logs off the social media platforms. And I've just seen some really disgusting things where I worry about people's mental health and yeah, 
I think we get so caught up that we don't think about that and it needs to be remembered. Like, you know, you don't need to defend a team or go after a team to the point where you're cutting people's mental states and saying really aggressively nasty things that aren't going to matter tomorrow. Yeah. Whether it's to another fan or whether it's to a player coach, I think that there is a difference in holding account, holding someone accountable or like having a friendly rivalry and then and then intentionally cutting someone down or, or, or saying something nasty to someone. Um, those things are not OK. And I hope that any Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans that that you would see what Casey and I try to do, which is, you know, have fun. There is entertainment value. Uh, you know, we've acknowledged that there are certain things that are funny or, or you know, have innuendos or certain meanings. Um, but it, it's never taking away the humanity from somebody. It's never taking away the fact that these are all humans and that we're all living in this world together, that this is just a game and that we, uh, you know, should be thankful in this season for for what we do have and for how we do um get to be you know and, and thankful for the good times that the, the team has brought us you know that's not excusing you know anything there's a big disappointment this season but there, there's there's happy things to look forward to as well hopefully there will be some happy things to look forward to in this Bucks future like I said they own their own they own their own fate it's very very true uh, so we will be here updating you on their fate every single week. Be sure to follow us at Jolly Rogers and touchdowns on both Instagram and Twitter. Casey throwing it over to you. Quick, a quick little, we do need to pass out some doubloons for Kaylee guys. Like she's <laughs> a warrior. She is a warrior because I, when I don't feel good, I I'll admit it. I want my mom. I want my bed. I want all these things. So to even like sit up and have your hair like groomed back, like, I I'm not sick. I don't know if this is just been 48 hours, and guys, this ha- like I decided no, I'm not brushing it. I rolled out and decided to you know come do this. Kaylee looks more pieced together than I do, and she feels like death. So we're giving you all the gold today, especially because like all, as always, great conversation, great talking with you, great being able to just do this and like you know, besides a little bit of a pitch change, I wouldn't even know that you're sick. So you deserve all the gold. I had to, we had to throw that out there. James and I appreciate and love you so much. Um, and this is, this has been great. Another great episode. So yes, take us home. another fantastic episode. Thank you guys. <laughs> that means a lot. That means a lot. And thank you fans for all your well wishes. Yeah. Sorry. You had to deal with the little bit of a nasally Kaylee today, but I promise you I'm, I'm trying, we're going to get on the mend here. Uh, we'll, we'll be, we'll be game ready by the time that the, the game rolls around this weekend. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Kaylee Mizell. This is Casey Hudson. You can find her at the sports case. You can find me at Kaylee Mizell. Find Jolly Rogers and touchdowns on the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, search Jolly Rogers and touchdowns and turn on that auto download button so that anytime we have a new episode, especially with a holiday season, the schedule's the tiniest bit wonky. Be sure to turn on that auto download button so anytime we have a new episode, it'll just be there and waiting for you. The latest and greatest in the Tampa Bay Bucks. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.